0: Hi folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at Riderflex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the Riderflex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The Riderflex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand.
0: Rachel, good to see you again. Thanks for coming back to, to the Rider Flex podcast. I really appreciate it. You and uh, Rider, or you and Rider, you in Fort Collins today?
1: I am, yes, and it snowed quite a bit.
0: Right? It's still, so snowing. it's still snowing. I'm
1: happy to be here and to have internet service and power and all
0: of the things. And work remotely. It's days like this where I just, you know, I feel sorry for people that have to commute. And I, I, I hate to rub it in for anybody listening, but man, when it's snowed eight to 10 inches, I just so love the fact that we work remotely. Isn't it awesome?
1: I agree. Yes. It's interesting seeing just the articles and, you know, companies forcing people back into the office so many days a week and just sort of the pendulum swing that is happening now with, you know, COVID is transitioning into, I think, a different stage and people have made accommodations, but a lot of companies are saying, get back to the office. And it's people are, I think, rebelling against that.
0: I, I have some thoughts on that. I actually did a post on about that the other day. I believe I'm, and I'm not trying to be like a conspiracy theory guy, but I, I think if you really watch the articles or the comments on LinkedIn that are geared towards getting people back to the office, it's usually somebody tied to benefiting from that commercial real estate people who want people to come back to the office so that their industry survives oil and gas for transportation or, or whatever. Like if you really watch closely, it's, it's usually connected to somebody or some company that, that needs that to happen because it benefits yeah. them because people are on the road most of the yeah. time. Right.
1: Uh,
0: so I think Can some I of think, that is, is that, yeah, go I do
1: think that there's value and being in person and having that team camaraderie and being in physically in the office sometimes. But I think that we've learned that part of a healthy work-life balance ideally is having the ability to yes. work remote and especially having the flexibility to decide when am I going into the office, right? When am I staying at home and perhaps having team days where You know, or company work days where everybody comes in and you get that, you know, team team environment. But especially as a working parent, like I cannot imagine going back to being in the office five days a week. I mean, I'm honestly survived. I survived my twins infanthood because I had a four year old and twins and I was working in the office full time, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it was like,
0: yeah.
1: how did I even, I mean, it was, it was hard. It was horrible. Like, how do you even mm-hmm. just finding childcare that can start mm-hmm. at 6 30 AM, five days a week is like a task.
0: Totally agree. <laughs> and
1: yep. It's, I'm so happy for parents and moms that yes. have that option now. That they don't have to leave their infants with someone else 10 hours a day.
0: Like, That's right. <clears throat> and so great. Just, And for families in general, there's so many people now that I'll use myself for an example, Grant as a grandparent. Now, a lot of times, you know, uh, young professionals don't have to move to another state to get the great job they can stay next to family or grandparents or whatever and work remotely and it just the whole family dynamics uh, yeah. uh, and, uh and all the things that that benefits i mean we could go on and on we could do like a two-hour podcast on the topic but <laughs> yeah when i see when i see and i just talked to a friend of mine he's actually an advisor uh for for rider Flex, one of our advisors and and he was ranting he's a little bit old school he's like we got to get We got to get people back to the office. People, people are lazy. We got to get people back to work and back to the office. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if, if you think, if you're so worried about whether or not your associates are working hard that you think you need to look over them physically in cubicles. Like if you're, if you're worried about that, then, then you got the wrong people.
1: Totally. You know, you got the
0: wrong people. I mean, come on, man. Uh, You know, anyway, Uh, Yeah, it
1: emphasizes a a performance-based culture, right? Where if you're doing your job and you're a productive part of the team, then great, you know?
0: Everybody that works for Rider Flex, seriously, like I I really don't give a shit when they work and I don't care really how many hours they work. In my head, I'm paying for an overall output of productivity and work. And as long as I'm happy with the body of work and production i don't care about the details like i don't care you know if you want to pick your kid up at three o'clock from school yeah whatever i i don't care just just perform overall that's what i care about and i and i do believe that's more of where we're headed and i'm I'm not falling for some of these articles where they're like oh people are trying to get back to the office i'm like yeah no People do not want to go. I don't care what articles come out. Human beings do not want to commute to the office if they don't have to, period. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so tell us, how's the transition been? When you were on the show last time, you were kind of, you you were coming on the show as an executive for Madwire, um, a marketing uh, agency, marketing firm, right? And you had a lot of success there, a great run there, but you were getting ready to take the leap and become an entrepreneur and start your own thing. So now that you've had a chance to do that for a few months, I'm, I'm curious to how that's gone because it's very scary, very difficult, right? Uh, in so many ways. Talk to us about the emotional piece around the transition first. Yes, yeah, share some stuff with us.
1: Yeah, so in March, it would have been 11 years at MadWire for me, nine of which were spent as their chief customer officer.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I'm thankfully and very grateful to still be plugged into that team and contributing to the mission, which is one as that consult- I absolutely as love as a consultant. Yeah. Okay, right. So I have my own business consulting firm now. Um, and I met Madwire just as a consultant. Um, they are also using me for branding services. So when they sell their customers, a branding package, um, and some other consulting as well, I actually, actually execute on those because those are areas of expertise for me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting to transition when I did, um, but it's been, Absolutely incredible. And the timing was honestly just a godsend because my twins go off to kindergarten in 18 months and you only get so much time before they, you know, don't want to spend time with you and don't need you. And, um, this is, although, you know, working from home was such a great move in the right direction for work-life balance. Um, it's been sort of the best of both worlds. Like I'm still, you know, plugged in at the team and doing something I love, um, but also just much more flexibility, of course, as my own boss um, and able to really invest in the things that match my skill sets the most and interest me the most. Um, so I've loved it. I, of course, it comes with its own challenges, right? Owning your own business. Um But I mean, overall, it's been wonderful. And I'm very, very grateful that um, the owners of Madwire Joe and JB were, you know, so um, just willing to let me continue to contribute and just be sort of in a different, in a different capacity.
0: So if, you know, if you can provide some kind of service, whether you're a software engineer, marketing expert, HR expert, whatever. If you leave your company to start your own consulting firm, and you can grab that company as one of your first clients, I mean that is a home run, right? Because then you're then you're you're not just throwing out a website saying, "Hey, Orca Business Consulting," uh, and boy, I hope I get a customer. <laughs> you you're starting with a little bit of cash, a little bit of revenue from a current yes. client that you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that is the best way to do it. For anybody listening, if you want to depart the company you're working for and start a, a firm, yeah, just have a straight up conversation with them. Go to the owner, go to the CEO and say, hey, look, I'm going to start my own thing. Um, I, I love you guys. I'd like to continue to help you in some way. How about you, you're one of my clients and work something out. So, you know, yeah. good, good for you that you did that. Um, by the way, for the listeners, it's consultorca.com. But but the business company, the uh, business name is Orca Business Consultings, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and you can also find Rachel on LinkedIn, of course, but I would go to her website. Great website. Love it. Um, Thank you. Talk to me about the other clients you've managed to gain so far. So how many months has it been? Has it been? Um, it's
1: been about, let's see, four. So not, not it's
0: been Okay. All right. All right. And how many clients you got working? work? How many active clients you working on? Do you mind sharing?
1: I have four that are paying, okay. but I okay. have several others that I'm working with in either a partner, partner capacity or like a trade capacity. For example, okay. if you go to my partner page, which writer flex is also on. Thank you. The photographer that I've used for years and years, who is honestly, I am convinced one of the most talented people on the planet. Like she is incredible. Um, and when I started this, I went to her and said, can we do a partnership? Like, I would absolutely love it if sh- she's not like she will tell you that she kind of hates the business end of things. Like she's a photographer. She's an artist. She's, you know, a creator that the business end isn't really what she loves to be doing. And so I said, you know, I want to help you with this and you can do some photography for me. <laughs> and okay. um okay. so you know there are some clients that i have like that, that um i've you know done trades with or partnerships with that i'm really loving um and i'm also focusing more on nonprofits as well okay which is you know a something that i'm very passionate about and that i really love and i think that a lot of the very fundamental business strategies or skill sets or Areas of expertise that are applied, you know, to business also apply to nonprofits, but are sometimes overlooked because nonprofit owners don't necessarily think through like, what is my donor appreciation program like, you know, how do I, how do I retain donors, just like business would say, how do I retain customers Um, So a lot of those skill sets that I've developed over the years, I think, you know, apply to nonprofits just as much as they do to businesses. Um, So there there are a few things I've done in that area. And yeah, so just having fun. And I'm, you know, really trying to stick to working three days a week um, and being at home the other two. So I'm sort of figuring out this balance of, I mean, I've worked more than full time since I was in college. So this is really the first time that I've not worked, you know, 40, 50, (laughs) 60 hours a week. Um, So it's been an interesting dynamic of like finding a new balance and especially owning your own business. There's always a bazillion things that I could be doing to move the business forward. And my brain just immediately goes to oh my gosh, I should reach out to that company that, you know, I could help them with XYZ. I should, oh, you know, I need to reach out to this old coworker. Like they now work for XYZ, like guaranteed I could help them with this or that, right? Or I need to create this content for my site, or I need to, yep. you know, I don't have a Facebook page yet. Like I need to do that. And it's like the whole po- the whole point of this, <laughs> of not, not having, you know, a, another executive position or whatever is... I'm spending more time with my family, but I have to like, hold myself accountable to that because it's easy to me. My own habit is I see all the things I need to do all the things. And right now (laughs) it needs to be (laughs) now.
0: (laughs) uh, Yeah. For the listeners. Yeah. It's funny. You, you, you said to yourself, I want to be an entrepreneur and start a business, but I want to work less than I did before. Uh, that's super hard to do. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not, not usually coinciding Uh, those two things.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you're right. The list never ends. I mean, the list is endless, whether it's, whether it's social media stuff, whether it's out, uh, uh, biz dev, whether it's working on the project. I mean, you could, you could literally work 24 seven. Like you have to, you have to teach yourself to turn it off. You know, you you have to um i but have I've gotten started... yeah oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead <clears throat> go ahead
1: no that's okay i was just gonna say a couple months ago i started this thing where i have specific categories my daughter made me tea no oh, that's nice uh-huh. yeah see
0: that's another hey there's another benefit working from them, right i mean
1: i know right right
0: yeah <laughs> she's cute
1: um i started I specific categories that When I have, when I feel like I have so much to do, then I just sort of get like, I'm, I don't know what to do. So I'm just not going to do anything, especially in certain areas of my life. And so I started, you know, I created some buckets where it was like business development, you know, my health, my faith, my family, certain
0: Time buckets? You mean, you mean time buckets, like on your calendar, or what do you mean?
1: Not even time buckets, but it's just I want to do one thing a day for each I, of those.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Buckets. All right.
1: And All right. I actually write them down. Like I check them off. I think there's so much satisfaction, and like I'm oh. a list person. You yes. know what I mean? Like
0: yes. me too.
1: Being able to make that check mark. Um, but just meeting, you know, moving the needle a little bit every day in each of those areas, and sometimes you know, my task or item that I accomplished for the day for family was like keeping three little people alive. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes it's that kind of stuff, but it's like, you know, also that gives me sort of, I am moving forward. I am making progress, you know, and it's like one thing each day. Sometimes it's lots of things each day for a certain bucket, but it helps me, you know, just continually move the needle for each of those things that I feel is very
0: important, um, I agree. But not feel listen.
1: like
0: I I'm have to do it all. Too. Uh, yeah, I'm a big list person too. I, I, there is a sense of accomplishment if you're listening to this particular episode and you're one of those people that just gets up and starts running really fast and then you just run fast till you're tired and you stop your day. I, I recommend not doing that. I, I if you have some sort of list that's semi prioritized, that uh, you know, fires happen and curveballs happen during the day but man i i every single day after i finish my treadmill stuff you know i get a cup of coffee when i sit down i make my list before i do anything else i do not start tactical work until the list is made right yeah and does the list change if something happens yeah sure sometimes there's curveballs but at least i have some sort of foundational priorities of okay i'm gonna go here and then at the end of the day like you said you feel okay, phew, look at that. Look at that. I got those I got those eight things done. I didn't get 16 things done, but I got these eight done and you feel yeah. good about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm big I'm I'm big on that. Uh mm-hmm. and and the list is endless when you're an entrepreneur. Let me ask you this. You've been fortunate because of your networking and your hustle, you know. It wasn't just luck, but you got a few clients right away. Do you are you losing sleep at night knowing that At any time those clients could turn you off and all of a sudden you're waking up going, Oh shit, I don't have any clients and I got to hustle more business. Are you losing sleep on that?
1: Um, no. So most of the services that I have currently are primarily like big projects that are sort of just once the project is done, it's done. But almost every one of the clients that I have, I've been able to pitch additional projects and do additional things for each one. Um, I mean, I sort of went into it with the mindset of this isn't like a subscription. It's not a monthly retainer. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. although I want to do those things and I'm working, I actually have a couple of partnerships that I'm working on currently that would give me more of like recurring type oh. um, business. Okay. okay. Um, And so working through those things, but I, you know, I'm fortunate that I just have, been able to partner with companies who value what I'm doing, understand, you know, the investment and, um, trust me and, you know, have, have been just a great, great sort of addition. Like I know it's not going to last forever, but that's one of the things in my business development bucket that it's like every day I'm either reaching out to someone that I consider a new lead Yes. Or partnership or something else because I, you know, it it takes sometimes months and months to cultivate those leads. Yes. So it's, you know, just maintaining the momentum and they'll come when they come and um, I'm thankfully not in a financial position where I have to make some out per month or I can't make my bills like I'm doing this with the goal of building it to the point where I can work full time once the twins go to kindergarten, which is like mid 2024. So I have a ramp where I'm just, I have my, you know, eye on, eye on that prize and just keeping up the momentum doing lead generation and, you know, trusting that if, if this is supposed to work out, that those things will come to fruition and yeah.
0: Uh, you know, this, the the biz dev, the sales piece you kind of mentioned uh, for the listeners, I'll just share what I do. No matter what's going on, no matter what projects we have, no matter what we're doing for the day, I always, every single day, will take 30 minutes or so and send out 5, 10, 20 uh, networking sales messages, no matter what. Because it's if you don't feed that, that biz dev pipeline routinely, it will stop on you. I mean, because we're, you know, we're all service providers, right? Like even Rider Flex as a recruiting firm, even if our client loves us to death, when they don't need us, they're going to turn us off, right? They're not just going right. to keep paying us just because they like us, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, And I'm always telling my team, I'm like, no, no client for us is forever. We are, we are always a short-term temporary solution. Now they may, they may call us back in six months and use us again, but it is not forever, which is why the hustling piece of the biz dev always has to be taking place in the background. Yeah, I think that's really critical for any aspiring entrepreneurs to remember. Yeah. If you're a service business, I, I, people make the mistake and especially solo consultants, they get a couple of contracts that are really good, um, and they, they oh this is a six month contract. Oh, after that they're gonna love me, and then they they kind of just settle into that contract for one or two clients, and they don't they don't spend time biz dev or networking. Yeah. And then one day they wake up, and those clients turn them off, and they're like oh yeah. oh my god, okay now what do I do? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I learned
1: that at Madwire, you know, running the teams that actually manage the client relationships is you can't ever take any of that for granted because even your best legacy clients could get sold, right? Maybe, or get acquired or something. And all of a sudden they're doing marketing in-house and it's like, thats right. so you can't ever take any of that for granted and just assume that that's going to continue. You always have to be and of course, at Madwire, right? They have their own sales team and everything, but it's like just the constant—like you can't ever just sort of settle in. That's just not a thing. With
0: anything could happen. Uh, they could get people could get sold, bought, closed down, run out of cash. I don't. Who knows? Exactly. You know, yeah.
1: You know. They, uh, I mean, yeah, we've had clients who have died.
0: That, right. Yes. And it's like yeah. you just—you yeah. never know. That's it's part of it. Happens. Uh, um, what do you enjoy most? beyond beyond the being at home with your family piece let's set that aside tactically what do you enjoy do do you like the biz dev do you like actually doing the functional project itself do you like the business strategy piece what what, what parts do you love and what parts do you not like
1: (laughs) um i hate being my own it person Mm. we'll start there gotcha absolutely hate that um (laughs) but so I'm, I'm currently doing at least the client stuff, the client interaction that I have okay. is a lot of stuff that I was doing before with clients at Madwire. But the route in which I would get involved at Madwire was a customer would be utilizing us for marketing. They wouldn't be getting the results that they wanted. Um, it would turn into an escalation. I would look at the account. I would talk to the client. And oftentimes it was one of these things like they didn't have branding or they were receiving all these leads, but doing absolutely nothing to retain their accounts Mm. or to grow their accounts. They had Mm. Mm. no customer referral set up. They had no client, you know, customer loyalty programs. They didn't have any customer appreciation in place. They weren't doing customer satisfaction surveys, right? So it was more. Being reactive to the fact that they were not getting the results that they wanted, but it was because they didn't have some of these other foundational business elements that aren't directly marketing, but greatly impact the marketing and how the marketing, you know, goes. Um, So the things that I'm doing now, like brand development and helping people with customer retention strategies, it's fun to do it proactively knowing the impact that those things have on a business.
0: As long as you can talk the client into paying for proactive service. So many of them wait until there's a fire and then they want help. Right. Right. Which is
1: fine too. Cause I mean, it's not, they're not upset with me personally. Like I have nothing to do with the fact that they didn't invest in branding 10 years ago when they started their business. Right. So they're reaching out for help, but at that point they realize the value right and they understand that it's an investment and it's going to impact all these other things so it's been really fun the client interaction has been really fun to be able to you know use those skill sets in a way that's very proactive and very impactful
0: have you Um, you probably haven't had a chance yet to deal with a ceo uh that you know gives you the whole like Hey, listen, we've always done it this other way. It's always worked this way. I don't want it to you know, that doesn't listen to anything. Have you had that yet?
1: (laughs) Um, not not in my current role, but I mean we dealt with that all the time at Madwire because you know, we would be our direct like relationship manager, for example, would be the CMO or the marketing director. But they had to sell everything that they were bought into that we were doing for them to the CEO who was like, you know, word of mouth is only thing we need. Right. And it's like, (laughs) or, you know, whatever the case was. And so, yeah, I mean, you deal with that all the time. Right. And in fact, I just had a company this week who signed on to do branding and sent me an email, I don't know, Monday and said, let's do it. And then a day later, they're like, Oh, I talked to my dad. Who's part Of the own, part owner who <laughs> wants to hold off, uh
0: huh. Yeah,
1: and I said, you know, he's worried about the recession, and okay, I said, no problem. Um, have you seen Google Trends? Do you know what that is?
0: Uh, me, you're asking me? Um, no, I'm gonna say no. <laughs>
1: so, anybody who wants to see like annual trends within their industry or even um, like year over year trends for a certain uh-huh. topic, a certain keyword. You just Google, like Google Trends, and you okay. can look at certain timeframes and it tells you how much search there is for a particular keyword or a particular uh-huh. um, topic. And it's really cool because you can go back to like 2015, for example. So you can look at 2015 to today. Okay. And it's interesting because post COVID, so for example, this company was a cleaning services company. And it's like the demand, the search for cleaning services has increased quite a bit since COVID, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But when would you think annually, like if you were to pick one month, when do you think there's the most search for cleaning services?
0: Uh, how about like um, either right before the holidays? So I'm gonna go with either October or I'm gonna go with the spring, like after winter, and they wanna get everything clean like spring. Uh-huh. That's
1: exactly what I thought. But guess what? It's oh, the summer.
0: Midsummer, really? Yeah. Okay. All Which right.
1: is I don't know why. But it's consistent. Like you can look at the annual twins, and there's a there's a peak in June, July, August. And so mm-hmm. I went back to her and I said, here's some data for your area. And then here's data for all of the US. And if we want to create this, you know, set up branding and launch a site and get ads running before June, which is when there's the most opportunity, then we need to start now.
0: I like and that. did they say, did, they, did the old man say yes, that did he, did he changed Well, line? this
1: This was just yesterday, but she was like, oh gosh, I actually love this, this is so helpful. And so <laughs> it's like sometimes just having the tools in your tool belt to help them do what is best for them, right? Yep. And helping them understand when it, when is the opportunity, when, you know, will you get the most out of this investment? um, And so, you know, mm. that's been fun to sort of be on that, like that end of it, as opposed to just there's a problem and I'm coming in and trying to fix it.
0: That whole thing you just described, trying to get a contract signed, basically trying to get a service level agreement signed and kind of dealing with all of that that's why I have Scott, my co-founder Scott, because he is great at that. I lose my pay. I lose my, I, I don't have the patience for it. Like, you know, if the client or our prospect, usually everybody wants to tweak their service of the contract. They want to redline some things. They want to add their thing. You know, they, they you know, <laughs> it's, and, you know, they want to dig in and ask this or that or whatever. Well, we also want this. What about that? And I, I, I don't have time for it. I, I told Scott, Scott is so great at that. I'm like, do they want to hire us or not? If they, if they don't, I, I got, I'm busy. I got to move on.
1: <laughs> so have you, I think the most like impactful thing that conversation I've had since I started all this was with a man who owns a consulting agency in New York. Okay. And have you heard of the Patterson wavelength? Nope. Like mm-hmm. scale. So he did this with me and it honestly was, the perspective was like mind blowing because I think that every single business owner should, it takes five minutes, should do this and understand where they land on the scale because it, even from my own brain and especially speaking with my clients, if I understand where they are on the scale, it helps me understand what they're interested in like who they need to hire to kind of fill their gaps.
0: Mm, mm,
1: mm. And it it's like a one to ten scale. There's I think six questions that you answer. Um and then it gives you an average and it puts you on the scale from um, you know, how you manage and think about change, how you manage and think about opportunity, how you manage and think about like logistics.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and on one end of the scale you have like visionary type people who are yep. very, very good at strategy, very good at seeing the opportunity. Suck, like at, seeing... t-
0: suck at tactical execution.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but are like you're, you know, some companies now have CSOs like chief strategy officers or chief visionary officers. Mm-hmm. That's these individuals, right? Yeah. They're the people who can see 10 years down the road, see what needs to happen. Right. Very visionary. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the individuals who don't like change, but can see the details, right? Who execute. And in the middle, you have your CEOs
0: Mm.
1: who can both see the vision, see the opportunity, but also understand the need for the practical implementation Mm. and the need for actual execution, right? Mm -hmm. So you have kind of CFOs on one end, your like chief visionaries on the other end and your CEOs in the middle. And if you, like my guess is based on the comments you just made, you're closer to like a CVO, right? Where you can see the opportunity, you can see the, you can see path forward, but getting down into the weeds every day would just kill you,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, I, yes
1: you may be somewhere in the middle but you're certainly not like you know give me the spreadsheet and give me the you know
0: yeah totally um
1: Uh, and it's interesting because it's like talking even like one conversation with people you can kind of identify oh yes yes yes,
0: yes, yes,
1: where this person is on that scale and you know like the photographer that I mentioned she's you know doesn't responding to emails responding to her Instagram messages you know going like the the financial stuff like that is just not what she wants to be doing with her day and it saps her energy like it just sucks the energy right out of her so she needs somebody who's on that end of the spectrum, who can help her who can like fill that gap and you know let her do the creative stuff let her do the stuff that she loves
0: to do. Now, is she going to roll up under your brand or she's going to keep her own company? Or are you guys still kind of talking? No, she
1: has her own. Yeah, she has her own brand, her own company.
0: Okay. Um, Are you interested? Are you interested in partnering with people as far? I mean, you're already kind of doing partnering and I love your partner page, but are you interested in combining forces with anybody or you just want to do your own thing?
1: uh, Well, I do have one friend who's providing consulting services through me, financial consulting. Oh, I see. Um, and he's kind of in a similar situation to me where he's been the CFO of multiple businesses. He's
0: okay.
1: been on the financial team for businesses like Crocs and Spider and is just absolutely brilliant. And okay. he's okay. doing consulting through my business. Ah. Um, but I don't, at least right now, I'm not necessarily combining forces with anybody. Okay. I mean, I have okay. partnerships that I want, but... Yeah, maybe when the twins go to kindergarten, but I mean, I okay, love Jeff. doing what I'm doing now.
0: Talk to me, tell the listeners. Let's do an overview. Um okay. And and again, it uh, I want to make sure. So it's consultorca.com, Orca
1: mm-hmm. Business Consulting. Yes. Give an overview
0: real quick for the listeners, if you don't mind, about yeah, all the so, services. so go for it. So my
1: personal background, I started at Madwire. When we had like 50 employees, and during my time on the executive team, we got to over 500. So the amount of growth that I saw during my—I mean, I spent nine years on the executive team—was huge. And very, very few people get to have an experience like that where they get in at the right time, they see this tremendous growth, Um, and out of that, you know, the team leadership experience that I have. But also, you know, I managed all of our customer loyalty programs, our customer retention programs um, and reporting and analytics and data. Um, And so all of that, I think, just gave me the skill set to be able to contribute to small businesses, medium sized businesses, nonprofits. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I did by trial and error that I think provide value to a business and the whole concept behind orca the reason I named it orca is because orcas are genuinely the badasses of the ocean like they eat sharks they (laughs) are the top of the food chain um but it's because they are so so strategic and family oriented and so, a lot of their hunting and survival te- techniques are actually learned techniques that they are taught by other members of their pod. Mm. And I think that small businesses do the same thing, right? As a small business owner of a plumbing company, you or a technology company or whatever, you have expertise in this one industry, maybe multiple industries, right? You're, and yeah. you could be a really great, um, you know expert at multiple things. But you don't have expertise in everything. Nobody does. And the most successful businesses, in my opinion, get really good at identifying those gaps and understanding who can I hire to advise me to teach me to do this aspect of my business that I'm lacking or that I'm unexperienced in. And so, you know, that's the concept of being a pod, right? You'll see the power of a pod on my site. Really, my desire is to come alongside business owners who don't know how to implement a customer loyalty program or don't know, you know, what is the lifetime value, the average lifetime value of a customer for me? Um, you know, I don't have customer satisfaction surveys set up, okay. um, or I don't have a solid brand. Right. Like I just created this business. I don't really know who I am as a brand. Um, and my competitors are now taking over the industry because they have better communicated differentiators, right? A better value proposition. And so I think that there's so much satisfaction in being able to really provide that knowledge that I've learned over the last decade um, to small businesses that can just take it and benefit from it. Um, and then move on to the next one.
0: Right. Very good. Do you have, are you hourly rates? Is it project-based? Is it, is is it both just depends on the situation?
1: Yeah, it's primarily hourly. I mean, I'm quoting specific projects, but really in my mind, it boils down to how much time am I going to spend? The nice part about um, my partnership with Madwire has been, they've been able to provide a lot of the design services and like website development services. Mm. Um, so it's been, you know, kind of a great, you know, piecing all of the puzzle pieces together so that I'm not just telling people, okay, here's your brand, like good luck with implementing that. (laughs) Um, so, you know, being able to provide direction and also just like real tangible help with those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, okay. it's been fun. And I'm looking for other, you know, like, I hope at some point to have an attorney's office that I can, you know, refer people to and, and things like that, where it's like, I have people that I trust that I know that I've used kind of like you for recruiting yes. Yes. where a small business owner can come to me and not feel overwhelmed at like, okay, you've given me all of these things to do now. How do I trademark it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> very good let me ask you this um as we wrap up uh, there's this hot topic and i want to know how it um will affect or how you think it's going to affect you so i'm seeing all of this news about chat gpt and the swift development of ai um and now i'm seeing all these articles chat gpt help you build your website, help you with SEO, blah, 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 you know. What do you, how do you see that affecting and or helping you and have you messed around with it at all? Do you have any comments on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that people need to be aware of it because it is taking over at least some of the um, industries that previously like copywriting yeah. Or even like graphic design, right? That used to be a hundred percent people powered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. now you can, you know, use one of these AI tools and say, yep. you know, I want an image of X, Y, Z and it just spits it out. Right. Yes. Um, or even content and, you know, copywriting. I think that people need to shift focus to how can I add value to either managing these processes or, you know, for example, copywriting, a lot of these tools are incredible, right? You can say, give me five wow. paragraphs on this topic, but what comes back is like, okay, mm-hmm. at least for the moment. Agreed. So- Agreed.
0: Yep. That's my experience. What comes back is a, is a nice base to work from. Yeah.
1: there still should be someone who can add value in terms of I'm being more efficient because I'm using this tool to give me a starting point but I'm being strategic with what's included and I've edited it to make sure that it matches your brand and I've made sure that from an SEO perspective it makes sense because Google's going to get smart right they're going to recognize like what what was created what makes sense what doesn't really make sense Mm -hmm. kind of like in the old days it was like keyword stuffing right like people realized that google was just looking for certain keywords so then they would put the same keyword like 10 times in a five sentence paragraph right and then they'd rank but you know google got smart and then started punishing them for that Mm -hmm. so i think that there's always still going to be some element of you should have a human like element of this right and someone who's but that that also points to the power of branding like if you have a solid brand and a brand voice and you write your content or edit your content in a specific way that's specific to your brand voice then people will recognize that that's genuine content and not just the same thing that the ai spit out for your competitor
0: I mm-hmm. totally agree. I think you answered that really well. Um, in, in summary, I just want to emphasize I agree with agree with Rachel, you know, some of this technology, at least for right now, hey, we're recording this on January 18th, 2023. I don't know, maybe a year from now it's be much further advanced. I have no idea. Yeah. But as of today, I think it's great technology to, like you said, make you faster, more efficient, give you a base, a foundation. You know, whatever. If you want to write a blog about ABC and it spits out a three paragraph base blog and then you tweak it for your brand or your own uh, language and style and make sure you're personalizing it. I-, I think that's how it should be used, at least for now. I mean, I don't know, maybe a year from now, it, it there's a chip in, embedded in your head and it knows what you're thinking. I, I, who knows? <laughs>
1: yeah, it is interesting. I mean, graphic designers and copywriters will have a yeah. uh,
0: challenge. Ahead oh no doubt, no regard doubt.
1: Regard to needing to shift focus or add skill sets or whatever.
0: You know, my first thought was, like, as what? soon as I played with it, the very first day I played with it, a little bit, I thought, isn't every college student across the nation using this to like write their papers and stuff? Like I would be.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's a little scary because you can even like check for duplication, right? Like you could take whatever they write you and go check to see, is this same verbiage anywhere else on
0: the web? I did not know that. How do you, do you just, do you just tell it, Hey, is this anywhere else? Or how do you do that?
1: You can. So the way that I do it, that I think is the most foolproof is you can take like a chunk, two sentences or whatever, put it in parentheses, parentheses, and then Google that two sentences. Ah. And Google will tell you there are no exact matches for this, or, you know, it'll oh. pop up some site or some blog that has Good that. Tip. Same
0: content. Great tip, Rachel. Great tip.
1: Great and tip. so you can, I mean, you can tell, is it unique? Is it not, you know, did someone Ooh. else use yeah. this on their blog? Yeah. But, nice. but I do think that we'll lose some of the voice, which is unfortunate. And I think that kids in college, for example, are going to lose some of those skill sets with regard to like,
0: Oh Actual yeah. right. Yeah, no doubt. That, that is, yeah, that's the scary part. I, I think, yes, I think my granddaughter's coming up probably won't have to know how to write. I think the, the skill will be the ability to ask the right question and, yeah. and prompt the AI in the right direction versus doing the writing. I think that yeah. whoever can ask the best question Wins, <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Yeah.
0: Anyway, fascinating topic. Yeah, fascinating topic. Rachel, congratulations on you. Uh, getting started. You're off and rolling. You got paying clients. You got your website up. You, you you got your brand going. Good for you, man. I'm happy for you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Anybody listening, uh, consultorca.com. Get a hold of uh, Rachel if you're interested in growth solutions, and she'll take care of you. Thank you, Rachel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Scott or Steve.
0: Sorry. That's right. <laughs> Scott, Scott and Steve. Steve. Hey, we're both we're both bald guys, right? I know everybody. Yeah, th- everybody... thanks
1: to Scott as well. But
0: all right. <laughs> <laughs>